The second round of the NHL playoffs gets started tonight, and it is all about the storylines. Historic wins for the Seattle Kraken, and are the Edmonton Oilers the best team in the NHL right now? We talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On NHL. You're Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. I am Brett Holden from Locked On Oilers, and joining me, as always, is Dane Lewis from Locked On Stars. And Dane, both of our teams making it through round one, and you start your second round tonight. So I imagine the buzz around Dallas and the Dallas area is pumping up. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. It's an exciting time to to be a Stars fan, and I feel like we're you know, it, it feels similar to how it felt, in, you know, a few years ago in 2020, where there's new people starting to follow the team and and get invested. And so that's always a good thing uh, when when the stars do well. They, you know, of course, the passionate fans, the day one fans, they're they're excited. But then it also brings in a new audience and it help grows, helps grow the game. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's exciting. And I know this series against the Kraken is it's going to be a good one. Uh, and I know we're going to dive into that here in just a second. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely pumped up for the series tonight between the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken. You have all of the big scoops on the Dallas Stars, but again, the Seattle Kraken coming off an absolutely historic win over the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche. So we're going to preview that series in just a second. But also on today's episode, the Edmonton Oilers fend off the Los Angeles Kings for the second year in a row in the first round as they head now to the desert in Vegas as they face off against the Vegas Golden Knights. And this one's going to be pretty good as well. A couple of division rivals We'll preview that matchup, and we wrap up with the Edmonton Rivals as well, keeping it in Alberta. A lot of Pacific talk today as well. But the Calgary Flames, who relieved Daryl Sutter of his head coaching duties just yesterday. We're going to talk about the state of the Calgary Flames and what to expect from the Flames this summer as well and in the future. All that on today's episode of Locked On NHL Western Conference Tuesdays. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Alrighty, Dane, the first second round matchup starts tonight in the Western Conference as the Dallas Stars face off against the Cinderella Story, Seattle Kraken. And heading into this series from the Dallas Stars perspective, facing off against the team who just knocked off the defending Stanley Cup champions. How's the feeling around Dallas facing off against potentially the team? Where's the biggest head right now heading into the second round? Yeah, I think Stars fans are thrilled that we're getting the Kraken. And I know you and I have talked at lengths about this, that this Colorado team 
you know, they were eventually going to get healthy or relatively healthy and they were going to make the playoffs. And that was the team, regardless of seeding, that you didn't want to see on the schedule. And so, I mean, Stars fans are excited to see the Kraken, but there's also this thought of, well, they did just knock off the Avalanche. And granted, the Avalanche are not the team that they were last year. No Nazem Kadri, no Gabe Landeskog. Kale McCarr gets suspended for a game. Uh, but they still did have McCarr for most of the series. Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen. I mean, that's not a small task to, to take down a team with that many star players, uh, as well as some really solid depth as well, uh, despite the injuries. So it's it's a mixture of optimism and excitement, but also, I mean, this is the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we saw, we saw the upset in the West, but there's been upsets in the East too. I mean, anyone can beat anybody, and it just, you know, a lot. how many times have we seen a Stanley Cup champion that, it wasn't necessarily the best team in the regular season, but a team got hot at the right time. They played their best hockey in the playoffs and, and strung together some gutsy wins, and they, they end up making an incredible run. So you, you can't you know, look at this Seattle team lightly or say that, oh, this is going to be an easy series, series for Dallas because I don't necessarily think that's the case. Uh, but I think that the fans, and I'm, I imagine the team too, uh, is excited to, to take on Seattle and, and to be a little bit part of history. I mean, this, this is Seattle's first playoff appearance and they win their very first playoff series. So, you know, uh, that they're going to be given it all that they have in order to try to make it to the, to the Western conference finals in their first appearance in the postseason. Whereas the stars are going to be looking to get back to the conference finals for the first time since 2020. Little Vegas Golden Knights. Eh? It feels <laughs> kind of the same from their yes. inaugural season. eh? Yeah, no, it, it really does. And I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you, and we'll dive into it, I'm sure, here in a second. But you just look at this roster and it's there's not necessarily yeah. like one man. This is a superstar player, but there's so many good pieces on this team all, all over the lineup. And, and yeah, you mentioned this, the Seattle Kraken team. It's not mixed with superstars and i forget who i was listening to the other day but they mentioned that oh with winning a stanley cup it's a combination of having your stars be the stars and then your depth coming up through when you need them and your defense stepping up in the ways that they need to and having good goaltending and yes the, as that is true you take a look at the Seattle Kraken and do they really have elite talent? They have good hockey players up and down the lineup, but do they have any elite players? Not really. Jared McCann, who's probably not probably was their best player, offensive player, at least this year for the uh, season. And Vince Dunn, had like a, I forget how long it was exactly, but it was like a 20 game point streak or something like that. Yeah. It was absolutely insane. The players and characters who would step up for the Seattle Kraken. And yes, while the stars need to be the stars and the elite players need to step up to win these games. You also need a lot of character to win in the playoffs. And that is what the Seattle Kraken have up and down the lineup. Yeah, but again, yeah. it also comes down to they don't have those stars. So that could be a negative for, for the, the Seattle Kraken. For the Dallas Stars, what are some positives heading into this series? What are they really looking forward to as in matchups or, or why could they win this series? And why would Dallas potentially lose this series? What do you think they're kind of hobbling into this second round with here? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think the answer to what are they most excited for and why would they win this series, the, the answer is always going to be Jake Ottinger, who I have heard, I was just listening to uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on 32 Thoughts the other day, and they both kind of agreed that Jake Ottinger's been the best goalie in the postseason. Stars bias, obviously, but I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that as well. 4-2 four four and two record, a two, basically a two goals against average, only allowing two goals a game, and a 9-2-9 save percentage, as well as a shutout. Uh, against the Minnesota Wild, and, and I, I mean, he's been nothing short of spectacular, which is what everyone expected here in Dallas after what he did last year against Calgary and what he did all regular season. He 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 is continuing to show that there's no stage too big. The lights can't be too bright for him, it seems, but it will be interesting to see now, you know, we, we've never seen him pass the first round, so it's going to continue to get harder, and, and we, we're going to have to see if he can find some new level to reach uh, as the playoffs continue to go on, because it is such a grind. Uh, and I think the Stars probably really like the goalie matchup. A, a ton of respect to Philip Grubauer for helping Seattle win that series. But you just look at both of these goalies, their numbers across the season, and, and it, it is heavily favoring the Stars in the in the goalie department with Jake Ottinger. Although I do think Grubauer w- will put up a fight, and he will be a, you know, a challenging goalie at times to get pucks passed. But you want to talk about what, what could cause the Stars to lose? That their offense would just have to go ice cold, and really, especially on the power play, uh, the Stars' power play has been top five or around the top five and in the top ten all season long. It's been top five here in the postseason at thirty-seven and a half percent, and the penalty kill has been pretty good as well. But I mean, you look at guys like Rope Hints, who is leading the way in the postseason across every team and points with twelve. Uh, Jason Robertson is a point per game player in the playoffs. They're likely going to start getting Joe Pavelski back sometime in this series after he got injured against Minnesota. Tyler Sagan's been playing really well. Miro Haskinen and Thomas Harley have been taking charge on both sides of the ice uh, from the blue line perspective. I mean, it would just really take like an all-time collapse offensively for the Stars to lose because, I mean, you just look at some of the numbers in Seattle. They don't win as many face-offs as the Stars. They don't necessarily get as many shots on goal as the Stars, at least through the first round of the playoffs. And so, I mean, you look at a lot of these numbers and everything seems to lean towards the Stars, which doesn't mean it's going to be a win, but it would just have to take the Stars not playing like themselves, which I don't think they're going to do. I think the leadership and the veteran presence is too strong on this team for for them to get distracted or for them to lose sight of what has made them successful all season. Uh, One last question before we wrap up here. Mm -hmm. The Seattle Kraken heading into the second round lead the playoffs in hits with 290. (laughs) The Dallas Stars sit 16th in hits with 160. Do you think that could be something that could kind of go into the Kraken's favor heading into the second round here? I think it could a little bit, and I was talking about this uh, with Erica over at Locked On Kraken uh, for you know previewing this series, and we talked about how physically demanding both the Stars and Kraken's first-round series were, and I think that was more a testament to the opponents that they were playing. Minnesota obviously has a ton of guys who like to hit along the boards and just like to lay big hits in general, and I think Colorado was kind of the same way, where it, it, both series had to be that way. I don't necessarily see this particular series in round two being as physical. Of course, there's going to be some heavy checks and some big hits. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I don't think either team is going to look to make that their identity here. Uh, although both teams, again, do have guys that can definitely lay a big hit, especially in Seattle. They have guys like former Dallas star Jamie Alexiak, one of the biggest players in the league, uh, who Stars fans know good and well, uh, can lay a boom on just about anybody. So I, I think it can play a factor to some degree. 
but I don't expect it to be quite as nasty as Stars Wild or Kraken Avalanche. I, I think these teams are going to look to beat each other in, in, in a different way uh, with more skill, finesse, rather than you know grit and grind, which I'm sure we'll see a little bit of. But I, I think it's going to be a little bit different of a series, but I, I do think that could play a factor. Uh, and that's kind of been a, a weak spot, if you will, for the Stars all season is sometimes... I don't think it's that they're afraid to hit people. That's just not what they do, and it's not how they win games. Uh, so we'll have to see if Seattle tries to use that to their advantage and see how the Stars respond if that's the case. Alrighty, let's move on from this uh, big, historic, honestly, series. I can't wait for this series. Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars, they face off tonight in, uh, I believe it must be Dallas, I guess. Because yes. Seattle. Mm-hmm squeaked in but uh let's move on to the edmonton oilers and the vegas golden knights who face off on wednesday night and this one could determine who wins the stanley cup really as these two teams could be some of the favorites heading into the rest of the playoffs we will talk about that in just a second but first today's episode is brought to you by game time Dane, I have been using Game Time for a long time now, and so much so that a couple years ago, I was able to go see a game in Anaheim, Orange County, at the Honda Center, the Duck Pond, and that stadium is absolutely unbelievable. But unfortunately, Dane, that was only a regular season game because this isn't the middle of the 2000s and the Anaheim Ducks aren't very good. So it was a regular season game. But you can start using your game time tickets and game time app for playoff tickets for your favorite team right now. And forget about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, hockey, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All righty, Dane, heading in. We talked about tonight's matchup in the second round between the Kraken and the Stars. But tomorrow night, the first game of the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights, the inaugural meeting of these two teams as well in the playoffs. A couple of expansion teams against a couple of very storied franchises as well. Both teams looking to write new stories between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. But a lot of people around this series talk about the fact that this may be the whoever wins this series could go on to win the Stanley Cup. As uh, FanDuel and Locked On did uh, send out their odds for the playoffs and the Stanley Cup today. And right now, the second highest uh, odds or second best odds for the Stanley Cup 
are the Edmonton Oilers. Dane, do you think that this is the series of the champion potentially for or champions for the NHL this year? There's certainly an argument to be made for it. Uh, there's, I, I think, I think if Edmonton wins, I think yes. I, I will, Vegas is a good team. There's a lot to like, but I, I don't know. Like it's weird because they like finished with the most points in the West, but the, I just don't feel like this is a team that's going to win the Cup. And I don't know if it's because there's, you know, they've had a carousel at goalie all season, or at times Jack Eichel, who's been pretty good as of late. At times, you know, he hasn't been maybe the superstar that they, that Vegas has wanted him to be when he came over. I don't know. Like, they're a good team. I think they, that they're going to make this series interesting against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and the rest of the Oilers team. That I mean, it was a six-game series, but especially down the stretch of that Kings matchup, it, it just felt like it was all Oilers. Uh, and, you know, you're getting contributions from guys like Bouchard with 10 points. I, I think if Edmonton wins, there's a case to be made. And I, I don't know. I'm not convinced about the Vegas Golden Knights. Hmm. And, and so I, I can see the argument for that. But I think, I, I mean, and again, Dallas biased, but I think the Stars also have a great chance given their goaltender and given their depth. But I, I think that this is going to be a very telling series uh, for either team. And, and it wouldn't surprise me just given what we have seen from Vegas this year, if they make me eat my words and they come out and play a very solid series. But I'm also expecting the Oilers to make it very difficult uh, even with Vegas having home ice. I, I think this is going to be, mm, I don't know if I can say the most interesting series of the second round, but maybe the one I'm most excited for, uh, just in terms of, you know, you can argue both ways. Uh, and again, it is the inaugural meeting between these two teams in the postseason, and, and which just feels weird because uh, yeah. the Golden Knights have been around for, what, five seasons now. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, better late than never, I guess. So, I am sure... This will I will end up eating my words by the end of the series, <laughs> but I am not concerned about the Vegas Golden Knights. I was concerned about the LA Kings because I've seen how hard the Edmonton Oilers have played against the uh, LA Kings this year, and they've put up hard fights, but against the Vegas Golden Knights, the Edmonton Oilers have had some pretty good games. In fact, the last time they played against each other, it was a 7-4 beating for the Edmonton Oilers, and the fourth goal only came with about in the last minute of the game. It was a, a very late goal, and it was a whatever goal. Even Vegas didn't really celebrate the goal. The last loss, however, for the Edmonton Oilers this season did come to the hands or by the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime on March 11th. Or excuse me, March 11th was the last regulation loss for the Edmonton Oilers, which happened to be against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are still in the playoffs. But the Edmonton Oilers have been getting contributions from people other than Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Leon Draisaitl mm. and Connor McDavid both lead the Edmonton Oilers or one two in points for the Edmonton Oilers. In fact, Connor McDavid is tied with Evan Bouchard with points right now, which is unbelievable. Leon Draisaitl with eleven assist or eleven points as well, and that one point was on the ice for all fourteen of the Edmonton Oilers' goals earlier on in the series. But then you take a look at what happened in Game Six, and in Game Five, and even in Game Three, in Game Two, excuse me, in Game Two, it was 
the depth for the Edmonton Oilers who showed up and won the games for them. In game six, Clem Costin, two goals in that game, and both of those goals would take the lead for the Edmonton Oilers or extend the lead for the Edmonton Oilers. They led the entire game in expected, or it was second in the game in expected goals at 6.38, and he leads the Edmonton Oilers this in the playoffs as well in goals four per 60 minutes. He has been, and in game four, he only played three minutes and 38 seconds. He has been a player who has stepped up and taken every single opportunity and took advantage of it. Nick Buke said in game five, scoring two goals for the Edmonton Oilers there. Kyler Yamamoto scoring the game-winning goal and series-winning goal for the Edmonton Oilers. It has been the depth, and still the Oilers haven't even seen major contributions, especially at five-on-five, from Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, who scored mm, 104 points this year. They're doing it without their stars and mm-hmm. just wait until Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl absolutely blows up in this series. And we've already seen Dreisaitl step up this series, but Connor McDavid still kind of weirdly a step behind despite having 10 points in six games. But I want to, I think the interesting part about this series is the battle between the pipes. Two goaltenders who have played for, well, have a Bakersfield Condors connection. Laurent Brossois has a major Edmonton connection as well, as he not only played for the Edmonton Oilers, but he also played for the Edmonton Oil Kings as well, so has had roots in Edmonton for a long time. My question to you is, how confident are you in Laurent Brossois as a goaltender who spent a lot of time in the AHL and only has a 7-0-3, still a really good record, <laughs> but still only 7-0-3, not a lot of uh, uh, experience during the season. But how is your confidence for Laurent Brassois first heading into this series? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because if you weren't going to make the point, I was. I, I, <laughs> I feel fairly confident in him. I mean, you look at the numbers in, in round one, four and one, you know, nine one five save percentage, not bad, but it's also the Winnipeg Jets, who at times have been strapped for offense this season. I mean, this is going to be a drastic change of pace, playing one of the best offenses in the league, the top power play in the league, both in the regular season and now in the postseason. And so I'm curious to see. I imagine he gets the start at least in game one. And, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have to see how, how it feels and how he performs. But I'm curious to see if we'll get Jonathan Quick at some point in this series and especially coming from a series that I just watched Dallas Minnesota where the number two goalie is an aged veteran but a veteran with plenty of postseason you know accolades and prestige with Marc-Andre Fleury and you know starting him in one game I don't want to say cost the wild the series because it was only game two and it only tied things up at one but it, it wasn't necessarily the right decision and so I'm curious to see if Jonathan Quick plays you know two-time Stanley Cup champion Conn Smythe trophy winner but when does he play? When does he make an appearance? I feel like it's inevitable just given how demanding this series is going to be. So it's not that I'm not confident in Brossois, but I mean, he has a much larger opponent just in terms of threat and how lethal the offense can be in front of him. I mean, it's night and day, Winnipeg and Edmonton. So he's shown that he can be a pretty effective goalie, but this is a big stage round two of the playoffs. And like you said, it just feels like we're waiting for that game or for that sequence of games where Dreisaitl and McDavid just absolutely explode. 
uh, which I mean, they both played well, like you said, leading the way in points for the team. But you you just know it's coming, especially with McDavid. Uh, it, it feels like it's going to go from like three goals to nine goals in the span of like two games. So <laughs> I, I'm curious to see how Brossois does. And then I'm also interested to see if and when uh, we get a Jonathan Quick appearance and what he looks like uh, at age 37. Now, the interesting thing is, if I'm not mistaken, I've been trying to find the official sheets for the games, but I have not yet because uh, Laurent Brassois played every minute for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that it's been Aiden Hill backing up uh, um, Laurent Brassois, not Jonathan Quick, which has been shocking to me because, again, that's that's you mentioned he is a prestigious goaltender. Has he had a tough season? Absolutely. But when he played for the Vegas Golden Knights, he's had some very good moments so far. So, yeah, I will, I, I, I'm interested to see that storyline, too. A lot of people wanted to see, oh, the Kings versus Jonathan Quick. No, no, no. That's not what we want. <laughs> but. I bring up Laurent Brassois I bring up his roots with Edmonton for a very specific reason. And because I watched Laurent Brassois very closely when he played in Edmonton as an Edmonton Oil King. Because during that time, the Edmonton Oil Kings won uh, two out of three Edgenouth Cups and went to uh, two out of three uh, Memorial Cups as well in the CHL, winning one of them. But the one that they didn't win was backstopped by Laurent Brassois. In that season, Laurent Brassois was arguably one of the best goaltenders during the regular season. And then in the playoffs, not arguably, but was the best goaltender in those playoffs. And again, this is 2011-2012. Laurent Brassois is 30 years old now. But <laughs> in that season, 42 wins, 13 losses, 5 coming by way of overtime or shootout, 914 save percentage, a 247 goals against average, and 3 shutouts. In the playoffs, winning all 16 games you need to with four losses in between with a 9-3-3 save percentage, a 204 goals against average, and two shutouts. Fantastic in the playoffs. But then the spotlight came down on Laurent Brassois and the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings, went to Schwinnigan, and they were one of the favorites to win the Memorial Cup that year. At the Memorial Cup, Laurent Brassois went 1-3-0 with an 8-7-1 save percentage and a 404 goals against average. The following year, they would go up against the Portland Winterhawks, who they played in the season before to go to the Memorial Cup. And in Laurent Brassois' swan song, to go back to the Memorial Cup after having another phenomenal season, including a .935 save percentage, he would lose in six games, 5-1, and the Portland Winterhawks would go on to the Memorial Cup and win the WHL. I bring that up because I will never forget Laurent Brassois being not able to close out a massive game. And yes, Laurent Brassois down the stretch has been one of the best goaltenders in the league, top five, top 10, if not top five since March 1st. But if the light starts flashing on Laurent Brassois, I wouldn't be surprised if it really starts to rain down on Laurent Brassois. Cue Alan Walsh and his little visual with Vegas Golden Knights goaltenders. Uh, Alrighty, this is going to be a fun series as well. I, I can't believe the amount of unbelievable 
storylines we have heading into the Stanley Cup and the Stanley Cup Finals because none of these teams have won the Stanley Cup. The closest or the most recent team in the playoffs to win a Stanley Cup right now who could win it, the Carolina Hurricanes, who won it 17 years ago against the Edmonton Oilers. One team who was actually in the Stanley Cup Final the year before the Edmonton Oilers and have not seen the Stanley Cup Finals since in 2004 was the Calgary Flames. And the coach who was behind the bench back then, Daryl Sutter, the coach who will no longer be behind the bench for the Calgary Flames next season is also Daryl Sutter. We talk about the state of the Calgary Flames in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started using AG1 because I wanted to better my gut health, optimize my immune system, and I wanted to do so in a way that didn't use a whole bunch of pills and supplements. And that is exactly what I get with AG1. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. Plus, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it is all good for you. And it contains less, less, less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, all while still tasting great. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, which I can relate to because I certainly do not have a cold brew on my desk as we speak. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by professional athletes. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Alrighty, Dane. Are you, we were talking about it before we came on, and it seems like every time we bring up the Calgary Flames, it hasn't been in the best of light. And yesterday, the Calgary Flames gave us no better reason again to mention them, as not only have they now been on the search for a general manager, they are now on the market for a new head coach, as Daryl Sutter was relieved of his duties on Monday morning, and now, well, the Calgary Flames are looking for a new bench boss and a boss in general. So you mentioned off the top, too, and I said, hey, maybe we should talk about the Calgary Flames. You said, oh, yeah, they have a new stadium coming as well. This is a team that has a lot going on <laughs> and a lot going on in some of the most chaotic of ways. So 
let's start on the ice right now and and well more closer to the ice with the general manager and the head coach what should the calgary flames do in the front office and behind the bench heading into next year in your way too early prediction of who's going to take the seat yeah with gm i really have no idea those are always so hard to to predict uh but i mean even head coaching it's Interesting, especially given right now with, you know, the playoffs still going on and you have to imagine that maybe some assistance uh, in, you know, some of these playoff series could be up for promotions or guys that have been at the AHL level for a long time. Uh, I know I've seen um, I'm forgetting his name now, but the Ontario Reign head coach maybe is a candidate uh, down in the AHL. I've seen, you know, guys from the Sharks, uh, Jay Leach, Seattle Kraken assistant coach or guys that I've seen like their names pop up every now and then. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, regardless of who they hire, at least in terms of coaching and the GM, I guess, it, you know, th- this goes for this as well. But I mean, they just need I don't want to say they need to go entirely safe, but I, I just feel like this is a fan base that it, the emotions are all over the place with almost making the playoffs. but They don't quite make it. And I know people like to, to dunk on the saddle dome, but I mean, ch- change is always weird with, with sports and getting a new arena, getting a new building. The head coach is gone. The GM's gone. And so the fan base is really just directionless right now and so I, I don't want to say that they need to rush into hiring people I don't think that's the case at all they need to be thorough and make sure that they get someone that's going to come in and just ease the situation and make Flames fans feel like everything is going to be okay because if you look at the roster and we've talked about this there's talent there I just don't think Sutter was the guy to at this point in his career you know get the most out of this group and it just I mean, we've kind of been hinting at it all season that you and I both think that this could have been the end of the line for him if they don't make the playoffs. And and here we are. So, you know, it's hard to say as of right now who the favorites are one, because the firing of, or, you know, resignment, I guess, of Daryl Sutter is so recent and there's still so many potential candidates that are still coaching that are focused solely on their team that they're with right now. And it's hard to say, but it is a confusing and I'm sure chaotic time in Calgary for sure. You mentioned the the Saddle Dome. I have to be on. I I went to the Saddle Dome as recent. I've been to the Saddle Dome a couple of times. I went to the Saddle Dome as recently as uh, St. Patrick's Day this year for an NLL lacrosse game, which was unbelievable. I'm a Rush fan. Saskatchewan Rush versus the Calgary Roughnecks. Great game. That stadium is. Well past its dues. In fact, uh, we sat it. We got to the wrong. You couldn't find where we were supposed to sit. It was behind uh, a wall after you got to a certain place. It's not the best constructed arena. It's an experience. You need to go there for sure if you're a hockey fan. But it's 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 Calgary needed a new place, especially considering how attractive of a city that Calgary is. You talk about the stampede and talk about how beautiful it is. It's right by the mountains. It is a great city to great nightlife, everything. It's a really nice city, but the saddle dome has always been there for a very long time. But yes, I agree. They don't need to, they shouldn't rush into the decision as to who's going to take over. But the draft is sooner than later, and you need to start making plans as to what your team is going to look like next year. 
And what if in the off chance that they do win the lottery? Not win the lottery as so much as, oh, okay, you get first overall, but you can be considered winning the lottery if you go from wherever the Flames are to three. You know, that's still winning the lottery. You still moved up X amount of spots. And that is still a, a, a team-altering pick right there. This is a, a really good draft. How about for the coaching staff? I want to throw this to you. The number one person that I am concerned about when hiring the next coach for the Calgary Flames is Jonathan Huberto, who had a historically bad drop-off in points, the worst drop-off in points in NHL history. You need to bring in somebody who's going to utilize that guy. Bring him back, as Jeff Merrick said. I believe it was Jeff Merrick said. uh, Bring him back from a 50-point guy to the 100-point guy that he was just last year. How about Andrew Burnett? He had all of the success with Jonathan Huberto last year and Mackenzie Weger, not even to mention him as well, brought a team that not a lot of people expected the Florida Panthers to be as good as they were last year as well, and they were. So can he, Andrew Burnett, take over and potentially turn this team into a contender sooner than what, other coaches may be able to do because of experience, his experience with some of the players already that are supposed to have a starring role on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I out to lunch here? I, I, I don't think so. And I mean, especially with Huberto, that's such an interesting case study. Cause I mean, obviously 21, 22, like you said, historic 115 points, but I mean, he's been good other years. He had 92 points in 2018, mm-hmm. 2019, 78 in 2019, 2020 before the season got shut down. So who knows what kind of heights he gets to there? Like, there there is so much potential with having Jonathan Huberto on your team. Only at age thirty, I mean, he can do a lot for a team, and we saw that in Florida. It, it did not manifest itself year one in Calgary, but I, I think that that Burnett is an interesting option for that reason because Huberto's not going anywhere. Ten point five million dollar cap hit kicks in next season. Like he he is going to be wearing that C on his jersey for a long time, and if he's going to be wearing it for that long you got to find a way to get some semblance of the 92, 115 point Jonathan Huberto back because otherwise you're, you're stuck in a really bad spot, giving a ton of money to a guy who, I mean, you can't be paying 10.5 million a season for 55 points. It just can't happen. Yeah. I would sure hope not. Cause that would be absolutely insane. Uh, I do want to mention too, uh, that was uh, Marco Sturm, who's the head coach yes. of the Ontario. That is, yes. I did not realize he was the head coach. When I saw his name pop up, I had to look it up three different times because I grew up watching Marco Sturm and I loved him. But uh, two more things on the Calgary Flames before we wrap up today's episode. And mostly because you mentioned it just now with the Calgary Flames, but some of their players, well, and we heard Frank Cervalli say yesterday that 90% of the team, the organization felt alienated by Daryl Sutter. This is going to be a team with who needs to get the most out of their players, but also feel respected as well. This needs to be a coach as well who comes out there and 
puts out the players who are going to be the best they possibly can. But who's going to be on the team next year for the uh, Calgary Flames? You take a look at some of these players and Dylan Dubé probably on the team next year. Nazem Kadri was probably on the team next year, but Milan Lucic is Manjipani gone next year. Is Tyler Toffoli where Tyler Toffoli really good hockey player. And I'm not saying that he's not, doesn't have a fit on the team, but he probably has a good market as well for him. Is there going to be some surprising moves? Do you think like a, a Jacob Markstrom or, or a, a Dan Vladar? Because again, Dustin Wolf has been waiting in the bushes for a long time for the Flames, and there's a big belief that he is going to be on this team next year. Noah Hannafin. Now that Daryl Sutter is gone, hmm, weirdly enough, now Oliver Shillington's all of a sudden doing well, and he's on track, and hmm, seems weird. But who else is going to be now coming into the lineup, and that means that there are spaces to be had or, or, or players to be moved to make spaces for those players. Rasmus Anderson has a lot of value. A lot of these players have value, but are we going to see a lot of moves because these players are very good players? Yeah, I, I have no idea, and it's going to depend on who comes in as the coach and who they want to keep, who they want to hold on to, or what moves they want to make, and that's the, the worst part of this situation right now is that limbo scenario where you don't have the coach. He's been freshly removed from his duties and you don't really know what's coming next. And so uh, I'm sure a lot of the players are also anxious to find out who's coming in and, and what kind of locker room manager they're going to be. Cause yeah, I think you said it right. I think Daryl Sutter, I don't want to say he ruined team chemistry, but I don't think he was helping the case either. So I think that's going to be big as well. And if the Calgary Flames front office knows what's good for them, that's what they're going to be looking for amongst a guy who can, you know, win games, get results and, you know, get the most out of his players. It also needs to be a guy that can manage the locker room, build good relationships with the players. And then as a result, those players will also, uh, you know, come together and have that camaraderie that you need in order to have success in the NHL. Final question for you, and this goes into a team who is still in the playoffs right now. And yes, we are Western Conference Tuesdays, so this does still relate to Western Conference, the Calgary Flames. But Matthew Kachuk, we've seen the success that Matthew Kachuk has had in the playoffs right now. And he said after the game, this is the greatest upset in NHL history. He's very happy about where he's at right now. Did the Calgary Flames do the wrong thing with trading Matthew Kachuk? And not the fact that they traded Matthew Kachuk because they needed to trade him. He asked for the trade, and that's understandable. But did they do the wrong thing trading Matthew Kachuk for Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger when now players when they knew that that window was probably very difficult to stay in because you're moving on from Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau, two unbelievable players. Those, While you did replace them with very valid players in Nazem Kadri and Jonathan Huberdeau, that's still a, not an easy transition to put in players and still try to be where they were last year, arguably one of the better teams in stretches of last season. Did they do the wrong thing trading for win now players and not trading for the future? As of right now, it, it seems like it. Yes. I mean, that's the easy indication of Kachuk is thriving in Florida. I mean, he had an incredible regular season. And now, like you said, he, he was, you know, the driving force of one of the biggest upsets we've ever seen. 
and you know it, it'd be different if Calgary you know maybe made the playoffs or at least got good production from Huberto but again only 55 points not not quite up to par with Kachuk's 109 in the regular season huh. I, it maybe it, it could you know even out if the Flames get the right coach and the right pieces and Huberto and Uyghur contribute and Kadri is able to get back to what he was doing a couple seasons ago it's one of those trades that I feel like the Panthers definitely did win and Calgary kind of lost out by not maybe building some more stock for the future. But it's hard to say outright right now that there's like the, the, the door is closed and there's no debate because there's still time for the guys in Calgary to turn it around. But man, like you said, there's not a lot the Flames could have done because Kachuk did one out, but yeah. it's it's not looking good. And I know a lot of people said when that trade happened, they said, oh, it's, you know, an eye for an eye. Here we go for Kachuk. They're both going to continue to do what they've been doing. And Kachuk, very much so. Huberto, not so much. Yeah, we'll see. And and I think the big thing in the future, too, will be them trying to make sure their prospects do want to play for the Calgary Flames. The fact that I'm very shocked that Coronado did sign with them this year because they don't have a lot of uh, good reputations with... Uh, college hockey players just ask adam fox anyways let's wrap up today's episode of locked on nhl it's been a long one again but this has been one of the best rounds of nhl playoff history so how can you not talk about it so let's wrap up there dane where can the people find you yeah of course locked on stars can be found anywhere you get your podcast as well as on youtube and you can find me personally on twitter at dane double underscore lewis be tweeting and posting about everything Stars hockey related as they look to take on the Seattle Kraken and, and hopefully advance to the Western Conference Finals. Should be a ton of fun. Uh, could you imagine if next week or next, well, not quite next week, but coming up in the week and a half that it's the Edmonton Oilers and the Dallas Stars uh, and everybody becomes so insufferable <laughs> that, oh my God, they're talking about the Stars and the Oilers. But we have to at that point. Like, we, we that's not in our control. That's not our, you think we're the ones telling the teams like, hey, you should win so we can talk about our teams. Hey, you know? some people probably do believe we're in somebody's ear. Alrighty, you can find me personally at the real olden forty. That's Twitter, Instagram, basically everything you possibly can. I think uh, I don't want to name an obscure social media platform off the top of my head, just in case it has a bad reputation. But you don't care about me. You care about the Edmonton Oilers, and you can find Locked On Oilers at Locked On Oilers on Twitter, exactly how it sounds, and on YouTube as well. Yes, I do not have a face right now. I will get my camera working soon, so you can see the new background. I told you the new background's coming, and maybe I'll show like a Dustin Penner jersey with a stack of pancakes. Either way, let's wrap up today's episode there. Thank you so much for joining us today on Locked On NA. Western Conference Tuesdays. We shall see you next week as the second round kicks off and we will see who heads to the Western Conference Finals. See you next week.